Welcome to the Junkyard Outreach. This is Todd, and thanks for joining me as we go through the scriptures and learn what we can to draw close to Jesus. For more episodes and information, check out junkyardoutreach.com. And now, let's dig in. What does the Bible have to say about sex? What can we learn, and is it something that is good Or is it full of restrictions, like I think many think? And the answer is that God created man and woman good. And part of their being was their sexuality. That was good. And I've been to several marriage events over my life, a few as an unbeliever and many as a believer. We've done marriage classes. You know, they're kind of cool to do at church. They'll have a marriage class every now and again. We've done the video series, lots of stuff. And all of them were good. I don't remember one of them that I don't think was not good. However, very few of them ever really gave a good study on what the Bible says about sex. Because in our culture today, We need something because the sexual behavior of the average American is leading them right into bondage, and it's really damaging them. I found that a healthy sexual relationship between a husband and his wife is something that not only do you see in Scripture, but also it's something that God will bless. You know, we always, as believers, want God to quote-unquote bless us. You know, that's a word that you always hear in churches, blessings and all that. And really, if we, for example, come into a church, we get saved and things are going well and, you know, we're believers and we have problems with our finances. We just can't seem to save money and we're paycheck to paycheck and all this stuff. And it doesn't seem like God is helping us in this area. So we do a study on finances and we learn what the Bible says and how to be responsible and how to be generous and all these things and how God will bless you in your finances. And that happened to us. And so we're like, okay, cool. God has blessed us in our finance because we did what the Bible says. And now you have the blessing of God in your finances. Parenting's the same way. My kids, they're driving me insane. You know, what do I do? You get back into the world. You pray, you figure out what the Bible says, you obey the word, you do what God wants you to do, and God brings you through it and he blesses you. There's a supernatural favor upon your life. That is not because you're such a great person. It's because God is such a great God. There's all kinds of things that God will bless you in. So why not sex? Why would God withhold his blessing from a couple in their sexual experience with one another? And the answer is he doesn't. Again, you get into the word, you figure out what it says, you're obeying God, and now you will have a supernatural blessing upon your marriage. And it's cool. And that's the purpose of this series. It's not just to talk about sex. I'm not going to get stupid about it. But it's to offer you the opportunity for you and your spouse to have that supernatural blessing in this area of your life so you can have fulfillment. So let's go back into the garden where God created everything good. God created man in his image. That means there's a likeness between us and God. What is that? Well, we're eternal, number one. Animals aren't eternal. They don't have a spirit. We're creative. We know how to love. We know how to do all kinds of things that the animals don't know how to do. And God created mankind to rule over the world. And then God, after he had created Adam, the first man, he saw that it wasn't good that he was alone there in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. So he says, I will make a helper fit for him. And this word helper is the Hebrew word azer. When you look in the scriptures, if you're using a concordance, which is a Bible resource, it tells you what the word is, and you can get like a Strong's concordance and a King James concordance. There's all these different concordances, and they're free when you use eSword. And eSword is a great computer program. I continue to throw that out there because it's awesome. It's free, but I'm not sponsored by them. 
I want to see people totally blessed by learning the Word of God, and that's one way that you can learn it. It's easy. But you look in the concordance, and you find that the other places where that word is used, it refers mainly to God and His ability to help us when we cannot be helped. And that's kind of the meaning of that word helper. The word is deceptive because we think of like an apprentice, you know, or, or someone, you know, hand me a tool because your kid's out there helping you change the spark plugs or something. You know, that's not the idea. The idea is that I've fallen and I can't get up. Somebody help me. Well, God says, Adam, there's things in life you can't do on your own, and I'm going to get you somebody that can help you do that. And that was the role of Eve. It was to complete him because he was imbalanced, and in her imbalance, he was to complete her. So God created man and woman equal in the garden. It wasn't until after they screwed up and violated God's command that God said to Eve, you know what, your husband's going to rule over you. That was not the original plan. That was the consequence of sin because now they listened to the devil. They brought the devil in the picture. They kind of pushed God aside and said, this is the one we're listening to, and that screwed everything up. But it wasn't meant to be that way in the beginning. It was meant to be good. And that's why in Genesis 2.23 it said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast or cling or adhere, stick to his wife, and they become one flesh. There's a unit now from two people. They come together and create this new oneness, this new relationship that is intimate, that is private, that is theirs only. And sex is a vital part of that relationship. So in the beginning... God created him good. Everything was good. They were naked and not ashamed. And that word ashamed can also be translated disappointed. So they were both naked and not disappointed. And that's the way God had made them. He'd made everything good. And then when they sinned, that's when things went south for them. And for us too, that's when the fall of man came in and the devil basically assumed a spiritual leadership position because that's who they were now listening to. And he has been ruining marriages and ruining men and women through sexual deviancy forever. And we don't want that. We want to have a marriage where we are one, where we are solid and not falling apart like most marriages. So sex... Part one, the way God created man and woman was good. It was equal. There was no shame. There was no disappointment. And they became one. And part of that oneness, that relationship involved their sexual relationship together. So we'll continue on in the study. In the meantime, be praying for your marriage if you're married. If you're not married, quit having sex. It's doing nothing but harming you. You may think, well, I got my needs and all that. Yeah, God knows that. But God also has something in mind for you that you will not believe that is really awesome. And we trash God's plans when we refuse to obey what he says. So if you're in a relationship and you want to get right with God, break it off. And if God wants you to be with that person then he'll make it evident, and in time, he'll make it right. But if you're having sex and you're not married, you are not in the will of God, and you will not ever receive the blessing of God on your life, living in rebellion. I know that one. I know both sides very well. And I can tell you that when God blesses you, you know it. And when you're wandering around aimlessly trying to figure life out because God's not blessing you, it's because you are violating his word. And you're basically saying, I don't need your word, God. I can do what I want. I don't really care. Okay, fine. Go wander. But if you are tired of wandering, I got some great news for you, man. God is going to bless you in ways you never expected. And this is one of them. If you obey him, if you love him, if you're serious about him. But if you're interested, man, good news. Jesus can bless your life in ways you never 
imagined. So just remember, you got a long time to live with your spouse. And it doesn't mean that you have to live miserably. You can have joy. You can have all these things that you want. Christ will give those to you. He does. He's blessed me over the years with things I never thought that I would have. But it starts with your heart. Is my heart ready to receive these things? Am I ready to do what is necessary to get these things? And that is humble myself, believe, and obey Jesus. If you are, then there's good things in store for you. And you can have a marriage that is actually fulfilling, is actually fun, but we have to sacrifice. We have to put off all those things that we want to do that God's like, yeah, I don't want you to do that. And we have to look at our spouse and realize we are here to bless them. We are here to be strength for them, to be a life mate to them, not a burden. And marriage can be a total blessing if you're honest with each other. So hang in there, seek the Lord, obey what he says, and you'll find your blessing there. Thank you.